Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name is Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to puff, puff, pass on misinformation. And I'm Matt Saintsing, here to pass good information to the left. <laughs> we're not burying the lead on this episode. We're telling you what we're talking about right out the gate. We're going to be discussing some drug-related facts today. Shocker. I, I know, right? <laughs> but first, I wanted to get to the bottom of the cold case that's been uh, that's been literally staring me in the face all morning. I'm drinking a Lemoncello LaCroix. Ooh, you know, it's one of my favorite flavors of LaCroix. I have it in my fridge right now. One thing I noticed about all of these LaCroix cans is that they have some information on the bottom. Zero calorie. Yep. Zero sweetener. Yep. Zero sodium equals yep. innocent. Hmm. OK. And I want to know what crime Mr. LaCroix committed. Well, OK, here's the thing. I do know this story. The CEO of LaCroix, like a few years ago, he compared... Um, competing in the seltzer market to having a disability, like being mentally challenged. And okay. when he said that, I was like, I was like, wow, this guy's a massive asshole, but he makes really good flavored seltzer water. So that's probably a crime in Europe. Uh, yeah, right. I remember I th- in America, we have such abundant freedom of speech that people have absolutely no qualms about running for president and making fundamentally disabled people. Well, Trump lowered the barrier for everyone. So, yeah, this all these billionaires sitting around were like, you know what? Why not me? Why shouldn't I have the nuclear code? Why is the only R word I'm allowed to use is rich? Oh, God. Yeah, I just I mean, as someone who grew up with a disabled mm-hmm. sister, the R word, I it's I mean, when I saw that I stopped drinking LaCroix for a while. I, I changed to bubbly, which is Pepsi's version of the seltzer. They're also pretty good. I like the bubbly. Yeah, I like the bubbly. Blackberry bubbly is my favorite. I am a recent seltzer convert. I've joked on this podcast before about how I drink beer to control my diabetes. Oh, yeah. A joke. Yeah. A joke. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should never recommend alcohol as a treatment for a disease. Yeah, that's how, that's how you know you have a problem. Unless that disease is sadness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unless that disease is not having a good time. <laughs> I have a question here from a place where it's just you do not get dumb questions from. This is r slash no stupid. That's questions. my that's literally my favorite place on the Internet, because sometimes I'll have a thought and say, no, that's stupid. But then I'll put a question mark at the end and post it on Reddit. Boom. It's not stupid. Yep. Redeemed. Exactly not stupid. Yeah. Well, this question comes from uh, user Jack Septic Granny. Great name, by the way. Uh, and he at he asks, is life still about procreation? And I think this is an interesting question because you, again, are a new father and mm-hmm. I do not want to have kids. So I think this gives us a space to talk about what fulfills our lives, respectively. Right. I mean, one of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm the one being so I'm, I'm, I'm keep going up selfish hill. Right. Yeah. 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 What are you going to do with all your discretionary income and free time? Oh, I'm, t- I'm going to smoke it. Right? <laughs> do, you have, do you have any do you have any idea how full my day is? 
Uh, I do. I kind of have. Actually, I have no idea, but I, I know what you tell me, and it sounds just like torture. I know, and I'm exaggerating the entire thing because it's mostly self-made problems like children. Oh, God, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure baby <laughs> Roman, when he grows up, he's going to listen to this and it's going to have to go to therapy. He's not going to go to therapy. He's not going to have health insurance in 30 no. years. <laughs> yeah. Be, be, be a man. Don't go to therapy. Exactly. No, no it's, yeah. not, it's not a matter of like we're not going to perpetuate toxic masculinity in that way. No, I've, I, I've I'm, just, I'm just acknowledging yeah. the fact that our children are going to live worse lives than us. So I, in some ways, I think the I decision to not have children is a noble way of sparing your would be children from the horrors that let's be real. Not our generation has visited upon them, but certainly our parents and our grandparents generations. Yeah, no, absolutely. I have heard people say someone said to my face one time years ago. They said, do you want to have kids? And I was like, I don't think so. And they said, well, then you're selfish. And I was like, it's selfish for me not to have children. Point of clarity. Who were you having this conversation with? This is no one that we know. This is someone in college. No, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a context for who this person is in the world relative to you. Is this an older parental figure, an older co-worker? Is it somebody your age? Is it somebody that you're on a first date with? Because that's not really a first date question. Nope, nope. This is a uh, this is was a woman, and we were at a bar, and we were students at the University of Tampa. It was not one of my love interests, despite her best efforts. And we just like started. We were in philosophy class together, and we started talking about the meaning of life and uh, everything young college students do. And she's like, "Do you want to have kids?" And I was like, "I don't. I really don't think it's in the cards for me." I've got to say, I'm giving you 100 percent positive feedback here. Kudos to you for prepping for this episode so early. Yeah, yeah. Even being a kid, people talk. To, you know, people use language of "oh, when you." My dad always used to say, "When you ha- when you're a father, you'll feel this way." And I was just like, I, it's, "I just do not have. I don't want to have that experience. I don't want to be responsible for another human being." I'll Thing be is, honest, like, you know? I know that you like to joke that you uh, that you managed to duck the lawyer thing. Oh yeah, dodge the lawyer bullet. You dodge the lawyer bullet, but I think you found yeah. the legal loophole there. Yes, you will feel differently once you are a father. I'm sure I'm I'm sure you do. However, if you never become a father, you can avoid those feelings altogether. Yeah, it's not premarital sex if you if you never get married. So (laughs) like it's like it's like one of those things. I mean, this person said I was selfish for not wanting to have children. And I'm like, I think it's I think it could uh, an argument can be made for the inverse, where you're bringing a child into this world where, you know, democracy is dying around the world. The planet's getting hotter in a. Quality income inequality is getting worse. Um, I'm not trying to shame you, uh, Ryan, for having a child. I'm just saying it's not automatically selfish for me to want to go see live music on a Tuesday. No, I know? get that. And I, I don't think that you're trying to shame me. I think you make it look effortless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no, serious experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is actually it's the idea that we bring life into this world without qualifying the quality that that life is going to experience. Is or asking that no one asked me if I wanted to be here, right? Yeah, you know? they literally have people suing their parents for wrongful birth. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Is it selfish or selfless? I mean, I think the act of parenting is is selfless. The act of having a child yeah. is selfish. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. I think. Well, first of all. It starts with a selfish act because you're trying to bust a nut, right? So like, you're not thinking you are not thinking about having Man, a child. I don't, in that I don't know how you make sweet, sweet, sweet love, but it is uh, never, ever a selfish act. Yeah. <laughs>
I think from a biologist standpoint, when we look at the animal kingdom, right, it is all the way we characterize it. You know, bears are trying to get their genes into the next generation. Any animal, bacteria, the whole game is just to get your genes into the next generation. And so for me, I'm not trying to get my genes into the next generation, right? I don't think about that, but there's a whole lot of life to live, right? I We have art, literature, marijuana, anything else. I, I can curate my consciousness however I want. And I think there is a lot of life to live in that space. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I think as far as the biological impulse to procreate, that is inherent to life in Absolutely. a lot of respects. Yeah. And sure. that's why, like, every time you see somebody who dies a virgin, like, it's, it's kind of hard to think about. But if you if you really, like, dig into the reality of that situation, we have had life on this planet for what? A billion and a half years. I'm not sure what the number is, but yeah, it's been a while. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's been and a this is minute, yeah. and this is the first time it fucked up. Like that line, because life mm. is life is continuous, which means anybody who dies a virgin today is breaking like a billion and a half year success story. So yeah, I, I think about that. I think about my ancestors from like thousands and hundred thousands of years ago. And like it's going to end with me. I am the I, you know, first of all, it's like you and you got to quit when you're on top of the game. Right. If I have a kid, he's definitely going to be shittier than me. So, like, I totally <laughs> understand. You know, I want I don't want to pull a Brett Favre where I just keep on going and end up ruining my career. I want to stop when I'm at the top. Next of the thing game. you know, you're, you're you're texting dick pics to a sports reporter. And oh, oh, yeah. You know, and I remember that. It's like, oh, man, it wasn't he was at fourth and long, but it wasn't long as you thought. it would be. Let's just say that. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, John Ham's at home on the Internet. He's just like, click. <laughs> You gotta unzip your pants to take a picture. <laughs> yeah, like, fucking uh, John Ham is like texting with a sea monster dick, right? He's just like he's talking shit. John John Ham sends dick pics, and it's just like, hey, do you like these pants? <laughs> yeah, right. He's wearing a jumpsuit. He's like he's looking like Mario Brothers wearing overalls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, damn. We should we should we should have a podcast dedicated to John Ham's dick. Just <laughs> maybe maybe series. that can be. Maybe we can add that when we eventually start our Patreon. Maybe we can do a monthly John Ham's penis podcast. Oh, people would pay for John Ham's dick. That's for sure. John Ham's hog. Sure. There's John Ham's hog. There's you know, a lot of money. You know what? We'll do it made. while we're smoking weed. And we'll call it high on John Ham's hog. Man, high on the hog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, that's a convergence of three sayings right there. No, so I think we established that, you know, is life still about procreation? I'm not sure if it ever was only about uh, procreation, I think, you know? I, I think we need to take serious stock of the type of information we're putting out there and, and our approach to population. While I, I'm not necessarily a population doomsayer, I mean, we've explored this on previous episodes. So please check it out. If you're if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and look at our stuff. Uh, what episode was that? Was that a uh, Wheezy Man, and the White was, Messiah? I think, yes, that I believe that's the episode. But I like the fact that we have consistently put up podcasts so much that we don't automatically know which episode it is. I think it's a good sign for us. Yeah, so just listen to them all and get to the bottom of it. You, you, you'll figure it out. Just Lord of the Rings marathon it for, <laughs> for 40 hours. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, I'm not I'm not necessarily a population doomsayer, but we need to Me neither. Me neither. take serious. We, we need to take into serious account the number of people on this planet and how we're utilizing our resources. And for some of our more conservative religious communities, uh, both in our part of the world and elsewhere, you know, maybe do a condom every now and again. Maybe get yeah. your 
Maybe get maybe pull maybe, out. Maybe maybe get some people. Maybe get some ladies on the pill. Maybe some guys can get snip snip snipped after having maybe one kid. Act like China. Yeah. Well, don't act, don't act yeah. like don't act. Too, so hey, official stance of this podcast is do not act like China. Their their one child policy was actually disastrous. No, we are. They actually just changed it recently, by the uh-huh, way. They, but um, yeah, because it was a bad policy. It definitely was. Well, that's never stopped China before, my friend. No, I think um, there's been a long storied history of American media kind of cowing to the Chinese impulses because they want to sell movies and they want to make money. We don't have that because we haven't made a cent off this yet. So fuck China. Uh, when we start making money, if they start dialing our podcast, maybe we'll change our tune. I would be happy to accept the Chinese Communist Party as a sponsor for our podcast. We will perpetuate any sort of uh, communist bullshit you want. We would call it we'll call it a pandemonium. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. Well, I think that might be problematic. Oh, no. It, you know why it's not problematic? Because ch- the government of China literally controls 100 percent of the panda population in the world. They trans they, they control panda semen. Whenever there's a panda that happens at the National Zoo here, it's only here for like 18 months. And then all they all get tra- they, they control the world population of pandas. I don't feel bad about saying it. And it's like an authoritarian thing for sure. Maybe we can talk more about that sometime. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent, but now you know how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually wanted to do something that's a little bit more timely. Okay, let's let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, the Olympics are are right around the corner. In fact, this is probably going to air right as the Olympics are starting. And and what inspired me is a tweet by Mr. Seth Rogen. Love it. Big fan. The, The tweet from Mr. Seth Rogen at Seth Rogen on Twitter. If weed made you fast, I'd be Flojo. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's good first quality of all, content. Um, <laughs> if I am trying to outswim a shark and I'm with Joe Rogan, he's the person I want to do it with, right? Not Joe like, Rogan, uh, Seth yeah. Rogan. Oh shit! No, I don't want to do it with Joe Rogan. He would definitely whoop my ass in any physical competition. Uh, Seth Rogan, though, I could outrun Seth Rogan. I, I think I would like if I were in a foot race with Seth Rogan. Regardless of how much marijuana either of us consumed, I'd like to think that I would win because although he might be more physically fit than I am, you have to remember he works in Hollywood. He can afford things like personal trainers. So Seth Rogen might be rocking a six pack underneath that uh, underneath that baggy shirt. No, he's got a six pack underneath that keg. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm saying the reason why I'm confident that I could beat Seth Rogen in a fight is because he's he's spent the last 20 years of his life in Hollywood, which requires a certain set of skills, and none of them are the willingness to take another man's life. Yeah, no, he's definitely non-threatening. I am not. I'm never going to be intimidated. I'm by saying Seth I could kill Seth Rogen in cold blood to save my own oh. life. Oh, I don't know if I would talk, talk about admitting murder on the Internet. No, but that no. Makes one of us. I said I would kill him in cold blood. To protect myself. Oh, I see what you're saying. In a survival situation to to preserve my own existence. I would I would I would I don't know. I'd give him a lethal dose of marijuana. Yeah. Oh, gee. Well, first of all, you cannot overdose on marijuana because if you could, it would have he would have done it a long time. <laughs> but but we we we, we bring yeah, we bring up this uh, Seth Rogen marijuana tweet because there was an Olympian, a would be Olympian, uh, Shakari Richardson, who tested who popped hot for marijuana and then her dreams were scuttled. Yep. Uh, she sucks, was man. she she was eliminated for, by the the Olympic International Committee for violation of their performance enhancing drug 
Policies. Bunch of fuck, oh boy, yeah, a bunch of fucking narcs. First yeah. of all, performance enhancing marijuana. You know the people who wrote this have never tried it because it is not performance enhancing in any sense of the uh, of the word. Well, there's mixed anecdotal evidence and there's mixed scholarship too. Mm, well, because there's not a lot of research on marijuana. I, I've got to tell you, just in doing the cursory amount of research that we do to prepare for these episodes. <laughs> I, I commit to research. Matt, like Matt is a much more dedicated researcher than I am. I'll read a few articles and then wing it. My primary job on this podcast is sound quality, editing, and making sure Matt has enough tangents to get frustrated. Uh, no, yeah, I'm the bra- I'm the brains, you're the muscle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the uh, World Anti-Doping Agency, the American Anti-Doping Agency, and the IOC, the International Olympics Committee all have marijuana listed as a performance enhancing drug. It's so insane. That's so insane. The scholarship, I, like- I, the scholarship I found on it, interesting stuff in the Rhode Island Journal of Medicine and Oh. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is like a lot of this stuff is just like opinion pieces. Like it's doctors oh, opining yeah. on how it might enhance performance by uh, like creating brachial dilation, opening up the airway or improving yeah. sleep performance or helping to helping with the emotional trials of competition or the emotional strain of failure or the emotional strain of dealing with an injury. It can also act as an anti-inflammatory, which can help improve. Interesting. The theory is that it can help improve recovery time also. So you might smoke uh, like actually Joe Rogan. If, if we're going to hit yeah. if we're going to hit all the Rogans, Joe Rogan's actually been a major voice in advocating for marijuana and mixed martial arts. No, I mean, Joe Rogan, he gets it wrong a lot of times, but I think he gets it right on the on the marijuana issue. And I've written about marijuana for, professionally for my day job uh, for a few different publications. And there's a publication called MarijuanaMoment.net, and I used to write a lot of their uh, scientific, I used to summarize a lot of their scientific studies. And I would say that there is not enough research on marijuana to know either way if it's performance enhancing or not. But the anecdotal experience that I have is it makes me happy, hungry, sleepy in that order. Smoking doobies on the weekend would not help me smoke the competition on the field is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Where I think that the disconnect is, I think that we know a we know a bit about the physiological impact of marijuana on the body and they're using that to extrapolate a benefit. And they're yes. not necess- there has been no problem with major stoners just completely wrecking the competition unless you count Michael Phelps. But there's no evidence oh, yeah. again he passed all of his he passed all of his drug screenings prior to competition. So let's look at the qualifications for banning a substance from competition or from competitors, really, not even from competition. Real quick, the only thing I would say about this poor would-be Olympian, uh, Shikari Richardson, is if she went home every night and just slammed a six-pack, it would not be any issue. And I think that is a huge disconnect, and it's it's an archaic way of viewing marijuana. It's a Joe Biden way of viewing marijuana, because the only thing he's done for marijuana is fire staffers for it. (laughs) Right. Uh, The three reasons why a substance ends up on this list. A- it poses a health risk to athletes. I think marijuana legitimately does. Okay, but like, if, I mean, anytime you're bringing anytime you're bringing smoke into your body, yeah, charring your lungs is never a good idea. That's a health risk, I guess. Oh, right? Okay, but like, is is the Olympic Committee in the business of policing people's vices? I don't know if that's the case. Is it? Is there any more damage to the lungs than going out for a run in Beijing? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the 2022 Winter Olympics are going to be in Beijing. I think the 20. I think these Olympics are going to be in Japan, right? 
No, no, they did the Beijing Olympics, uh, the Summer Olympics before in, in, in two thousand twelve. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did, they did that in twenty twelve. But um, also on a previous podcast, we determined that twenty twelve was uh, London, two thousand eight was oh Beijing. shit, that's right. Yeah, because uh-huh. no, I was in Iraq for the two thousand eight Beijing Olympics. That's right. That's right. right. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how we figured it out last time. So, folks, if you don't remember that episode, it's because you're a latecomer. Get back there. This is the true consequences of marijuana is forgetting your callbacks from the <laughs> other episodes. <right? laughs> B, it has the potential to enhance performance. And that's that's really kind of what they're. Does it? Does it? That's that's where they're kind of hanging their hat because they're like, well, we know it's an anti-inflammatory. It does this. It does that. And then the last reason is it violates the spirit of the sport. OK, so that right there, I think violating the spirit of the sport is the closest thing to a legitimate argument I can think is. I disagree. But I actually, even then it's bullshit. Even then it's bullshit. I think it's super bullshit because violates the spirit of the sport is such a vague qualification. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. literally there's they're saying that if you smoke marijuana, you are not a good role model. I just feel so bad for Shikari Richardson. She's I, worked her whole life for this moment. It's being exactly it's being she's stripped worked her from whole her. Life for this moment. If she drank a six pack every night, the Olympic Committee would not have shit to say. Alcohol is, is worse than marijuana will ever be. You cannot yeah. persuade me otherwise she apologized she shouldn't have to apologize she has nothing to apologize for no and i think years she was from now we'll look back and she will we'll, we'll, on we'll, top of the training is, stress like she literally learned from a reporter that her mother died oh Jesus during an Christ. interview did she really i did not know that wow that was her reason why she why she smoked but you know what she shouldn't even need a reason yeah you don't need a family member to die to smoke you shouldn't have me, to ex- right? you shouldn't have to explain <laughs> yourself you know yeah it's you know, the Olympic Committee sucks. Um, yeah. It's terrible this happened to this person. The Olympic Committee is definitely, they are on the wrong side of history. Marijuana is legal in 19 states uh, now in the United States. Yeah. Virginia and just became the last one. You also have to take into account the more restrictive partners in those international committees. So there are other countries that, and don't get me wrong, I think America is behind the times on marijuana. Mm. But we're slightly ahead of Saudi Arabia and Singapore and other countries that are way more restrictive about substances. Yeah, I think um, Philippines, they, they kill they kill drug users in the street now. That's what a Duterte's campaign promises is I have the best motorcycle murder gangs. Uh, Duterte, he is the Donald Trump of the Philippines. Imagine if like the mayor of Dallas got elected president. That's what happened in the Philippines, right? This guy who was like running his like small city, his relatively smallish, smaller city in relation to his country, got elected and he's batshit crazy. So look it up if you don't Imagine know. if Donald Trump had a baby with Sheriff Arpaio and then that person got elected to be the president oh of the Philippines. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. He I mean, brags about crazy. having motorcycle murder gangs to kill drug dealers. Like this I is mean, just executions yeah. in the street. Judge Dredd style. I don't even call it extra judicial. It's just non-judicial murder. Right? Yes. And, you know, speaking of killing it on a bike, there's another famous case of a drug user getting eliminated from sport. And that's uh, Lance Armstrong. I mean, this this immediately kind of made me think of the the whole Lance Armstrong debacle. No, uh, and I would say Lance Armstrong has done with one ball what I couldn't do with four, yeah. which is win the Tour de France multiple times. But he got in trouble for supposed doping. What was the actual substance? Do you remember? Um, you know? It wasn't actually a substance. It was actually oxygenating their blood transfusion. So they're oxygenating their own blood. That's what it was. Wow, that's not a doping scandal. Supposedly there was drugs involved, but and there's there are various points where people tried to say that the steroids he was on for cancer treatment were, were performance oh, enhancing. Jesus. 
So he was dogged with performance enhancement allegations throughout his career, and it finally came to a head. And after spending millions and millions of dollars investigating the fraud that he perpetuated on the United States Postal Service that sponsored the U.S. cycling team, uh, he was ultimately forced to pay back some of the monies that he'd been given. Wow. They called it a doping scandal. And now and I feel like that's completely not warranted based on what you've told me just now. Uh, there there might have been some substances involved, but the, the primary accusation that stuck was that they, he was doing blood transfusions. So they would harvest their own blood, Whoa. store it. And then during competition, they would actually transfuse their own blood into their bodies. So they had fresh you know, rejuvenated, oxygenated blood. This is the Transylvania medicine (laughs) of of vampire blood, right? No, I think that's absolutely wild. By the way, we talked with Twitter France. Have you seen recently this woman who just like made 20 bikers like ruin their lives? Have you seen this? (laughs) No, but I think I I think you might have mentioned this to me the other day. Yeah. Off the podcast. Yeah, off the podcast. We, we we, we, We also turn the mics off. No, but this this woman who had a sign, she was just like, on the first day, phase one of Tour de France, she had her sign leaned out into the lane a little too quickly, derailed one biker who then derailed, I think, 20 or 25, and now the Tour de France is suing this poor woman for, I mean, these people are disqualified, I want to say. They're, they're not, they are not currently yeah. biking in the Tour de France. That's wild. I that mean, is wild. But since we're talking about substances, let's talk about something that's also addictive. Okay. You sent me this meme... And I loved it so much that I wanted to talk about it. Um, So there's a story, right, of this Italy bank that takes wheels of gold as collateral. And I'm talking about Parmigiano Reggiano, which is the king of Italian cheeses. I'm more of a Pecorino guy. Okay, It's a little bit saltier. So like pretty much any application of Parmesan is almost always improved by using a Pecorino instead. Interesting. Well, that's that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. You know, and there are certainly times where I'd reach for the Parmesan instead of the Pecorino. What's your favorite cheese? Is that is is your uh, is Pecorino your favorite cheese? My favorite, like pretty much any blue cheese. I am a I am a sucker for I'm a sucker for blue cheeses. I like that. I like the moldy cheese. I like I like them funky. I like them spreadable. Uh, <laughs> funky and spreadable is like a hilarious it should be your tinder bio it's like a hilarious uh thing no my favorite i think it's really for me it's really hard to beat uh smoked gouda it's really hard to beat a smoke i like smoked gouda smoked gouda is what i use in my grants well i feel like you're just trying to top me now he seems like, <laughs> just like yeah like a like like a delicious brie sauce Ooh, I lo- it's unbelievably good. Yeah, I fucking love brie. Oh, dude, do you what? Do you want? Do you want to cheese pun with me? Because I will cheese pun. Oh, I all think day. this will be the entire day. I mean, yeah, let's let's get it on. I yeah. feel like I think if we ever uh, want to make cheddar with this podcast, we're gonna have to cheese pun. I feel like some people are gonna be fed up with us at the, by the end of this. We'll have to limit our audience to not just Americans. We'll also have to have Swiss. you know this story about this cheese bank uh the story has been in major news outlets since 2009 you have fox news forbes new york times euro news and the washington post i actually take solace in the fact that major news organizations and also fox news (laughs) (laughs) choose their topics the same way that we do it's just like we need to do an episode about something i heard about this cheese bank then the editors like get right on it. No, I think it's uh, cre- I think it's awesome. So the bank Credito Emiliano, which is a bank in Italy's Emilia Romagna region, 
hope I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. I don't know if you're pronouncing it right, but it sounds delicious. Yeah, honestly, it does sound delicious. I, I really love Tuscan food. I, I would say that, you know, but they use cheese as collateral. And this is how it works. You have cheese producers. Again, they have these wheeled of wheeled of gold, right? They're so expensive. Some of these cheese wheels, when they're aged up to 36 months, they can be up to $30,000, which oh, I wow. think is absolutely crazy. Yeah. I feel like we're pretty knowledgeable about cheese. Dare I say that we're cheese whizzes, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, cheese is a serious asset no matter where you are. But in this particular part of Italy, it is huge. Again, uh, Parmigiano Reggiano is aged any, anywhere between 18 to 26 months. It could be up to 36 months as well. Just one wheel can be worth thousands of dollars. So there is intrinsic value. I mean, if you walk into a bank with a wheel of Parmigiano Reggiano, you're essentially walking in with thousands of dollars in value, right? Yeah. And it's it's interesting because, I mean, we've all heard the uh, phrase government cheese. And that, that that's actually a reference to two different things. One, the, uh, the, the types of like spreadable cheeses that are coming out of uh, like MRE packs. The government also keeps a strategic uh, cheese reserve. There's because, like a surplus. Yeah, there's cheese. a massive yeah, surplus sure. yeah. of cheese in America because our dairy producers yep. actually produce more cheese than we could possibly eat. And I think that's for lack of trying, not because they've actually tried. <laughs> All right, no, it's essentially a subsidy. Yeah, no, the government kind of buys cheese and just like makes dairy farmers keep afloat, right? Yeah, so huge, our government yeah. actually has a massive stockpile of potentially lucrative cheese. And I've been training my whole life to make, to put a dent in this cheese surplus, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you're absolutely correct. I think in, you know, again, Parmigiano Reggiano, the, the, the dairy farmers in Northern Italy are the only ones that can legally use this name. So it's like champagne, right? It's or, or, or bourbon. It's well, from these select counties. They're the only ones that can use that name in Europe. In America, we give zero fucks. Oh, well, about, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, about regional yeah, appellations. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And if you're in government, you give zero fucks about our Appalachian regions. <laughs> you know, I, I, I say that dating someone who is from Appalachia, and I think she would. And be, I've, I've, would I've lived in there. Appalachia, and there are some beautiful, colorful folk out there. This puts the bank, Credito Emiliano, in a weird position, because then someone says, hey, look, I need a loan. I don't have a whole lot of collateral, but I have $60,000 worth of cheese. Are you going to accept it? This bank is like, no, we definitely will accept it. But then they realized this cheese has to be kept in very precise conditions. For Parmesan Reggiano, the temperature should be stored in the low 60s Fahrenheit. The humidity should be between 70 and 80%, so the cheese can breathe, which will actually help expel its fat. Um, and the high price uh, does come from the, the maturing process, so lasting anywhere between one and three years, making it one of the most valuable foods in the world. But here's an interesting thought. Let's say you go in and you have some baby Parmigiano Reggiano. It's like 12 months old. You give it to the bank, and over time, this cheese appreciates in value. The value goes up as the time is. So you default on your loan. You have cheese that's worth twice as much as it was the day you brought in. It's like a speculative asset, right? Yeah. It's like cryptocurrency for NF, NF cheese, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. Um, yeah, right? But the other thing- Cheese speculation is sounds fun. Yeah, the other thing that I think makes that really cool is- they do have this massive stockpile of cheese. Like, what, what was the yeah? The meme I think said they keep like four hundred thousand wheels of cheese. So as of twenty seventeen, they use so in the warehouses, Tagliate General warehouses, they are filled with three hundred sixty thousand wheels of cheese as of twenty seventeen, uh, which is worth more than one hundred sixty million euros. And in twenty seventeen, one hundred sixty million euros was about one hundred ninety two million dollars. Wow! Isn't that insane? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of and that's cheese a lot of is more intrinsic. 
cheese is more intrinsic than any cryptocurrency will ever be. You know, it actually has value. It's it, I, yeah. I think cheese you is hold a, it in your hands. I think yeah. cheese is a better asset than gold. Yeah, no, absolutely. By the way, did you just did, you know, they have pyrites, mineral fool's gold. They just found out there's actual real gold and fool's gold. So who's the gold? Who's the fool now? Who's the fool now? Fool me once. I'll say this. Shame on yeah, you. Then, fool me twice I'll, and shame on <laughs> mineralogists. I, I um I mean again my nerdy ass joined the Mineral of the Month Club and I got pyrite a few months ago and now I'm trying to see if this is worth more than the twelve fifty I paid for it right <laughs> <laughs> so no but I think we've gotten to the bottom of the cheese barrel here I think it's interesting topic I think it's kind of fun I think it is absolutely insane that they have two hundred million dollars worth of cheese floating around in these warehouses I wanted to finish off with another subreddit that has really been what's 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 a word I I don't want it to sound sexual oh, but you, I'm very you, you want it to sound sexual? No, I don't want it to okay. sound sexual because I'm super into this, but I don't want to describe any like like I want to describe physical excitement without like implying arousal sexual without applying arousal. Yeah, I, I mean, I would just say that you're excited about it. <laughs> Is that not good enough? What if I what if I say it like I'm super excited about like this. ASMR? Like, I cannot wait to talk about I this cannot topic. I to talk about this topic. Hey, it's listener, why don't you go ahead and sit in the corner and watch us perform? Really <laughs> <different>. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is from the uh, Shower Thoughts subreddit, r slash Shower Thoughts. And it comes from user Jolly Traveler, who writes, people swim in the ocean, even though there are definitely many corpses in it. People will not swim in a pool with a corpse in it. Humans all have a corpse to water ratio that is acceptable for them to swim in. Man, I, I it's a funny thought. I'll give you that. It's a funny <laughs> thought, but it's not true. Humans do not make that calculation. And here's the thing, like swimming at the ocean, right? You're, you're also swimming where there's shipwrecks, treasure, sharks and everything. You don't think about that. You don't think about the dead bodies. But if you're in you don't pool, think about all the whale poop. Uh, yeah, swishing, you're swimming through just like fish cum all day, right? Here's the thing. If you were at the beach and you saw a corpse in the water, you wouldn't want to be in the water. I mean, maybe you would, but I hope not. At that point, it's violating your corpse to water ratio. But that ratio is represented in distance, not volume. Yeah. Oh, so, OK. So that's the question. I mean, what is your corpse to gallon ratio? Is, how far you know, would a corpse have to be away from me or how big does the body of water have to be? I think distance. I think distance is an is probably the bigger element. Yes. Because yeah, there's like there's this idea that I could get into the water, accidentally gulp a mouthful and not get corpse juice in there. Which is a complete self-deception because you're totally drinking corpse juice. And everything else in the ocean, BP oil, whatever else is there. Yeah, well, I mean, it might not be human corpses, but there's certainly animal carcasses out there floating around. And just because you don't see the animal carcass doesn't mean you're not you're not drinking it up. If an animal carcass falls in the woods, does it make a sound, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> it, exactly. Now, I, I think when people go to the beach, they don't even think about it. They don't think about all the gross shit that they're just swimming How, uh, on a On a body of water, either... Natural or man-made. Okay. How far away from a floating corpse would you have to be to go swimming? If I see a floating corpse, I'm not going to go in that body of water. So if, if I can visually see it, I'm not. Okay. Gonna, well, let's say that's that's a barrier. Okay. Let's say there is a let's say there's a ship sinking. Like re, like a, a recent like one? currently like from back in the day. Currently, there is a okay. there is a ship sinking. Bodies are floating up onto the beach. Garfield phones are just floating everywhere. Somebody's somebody's on the beach with a Garfield phone calling 911. You're Kevin Costner <laughs> drinking your own drinking, <laughs> drinking a cup of your own warm piss. Oh, trying boy. to figure out how many people you can save. There are bodies in the ocean. Do you jump in the ocean and go swimming? If I have the ability to save a human, I'm going to try to do that. So OK, yeah. 
So yeah. Um, so in that, in that case, in that the, case, the presence of corpses in the water wouldn't actually deter you from swimming. As long as there's a live corpse that can be saved. Now, if, now, if this is now, if someone's like, "Hey, uh, this hit an iceberg and it's been there for 20 years," there's like skeletons. I'm probably not going to go dip in that water. If someone's like, "Hey, there are there's a dead body that's a five minutes old," I'm not going to go in that water. If there's a struggling human who's trying to survive, I'm. Look, I, I'm I'm a hero. But so. let's say there's also 20 years worth of corpses. Like, let's say they put a corpse a year there. So, okay, so I'm just like waiting in various states corpses. of decomposition. You have to swim past them to get to the live person who is the most recent corpse added to this saw-like killer's uh, maritime slaughter fest. I don't. I mean, if I guess like how how much are we talking? Am I wading through corpses? Am I pushing their faces out of the way, or are they just? Am I just like hitting one with my elbow? You're hitting now? one with your elbow every now and again. I, I, I don't okay, want this then. to be. I don't want this to be a ridiculous scenario, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I again. I think if there's a human who's like, "Help, save me, save me," that's surrounded by twenty corpses or whatever, I would. I like to think I would do what I can. So as long as that. there's a purpose, you'd be willing to get into the water. Not only a purpose, but the no, the most noble purpose ever, right? To save a human life. I wouldn't go in there if they're like, hey, you're gonna elect, you're gonna reelect Joe Biden. I'd be like, he, I don't know if he needs my help to do this. I'm not gonna. Like, you wouldn't, not, sw- you, know. you wouldn't swim through a pool of corpses to elect Joe Biden to be president over Donald Trump. No, I feel like I, I feel like going to the voting booth. I'm swimming through corpses all the time just to make my vote. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Old people vote is what I'm trying to say. Young people, you should vote more. Connor, you should. So vote not only should Matt not have children, he should not have old people. <laughs> yeah, I should. Well, I'm from Florida too, so I've been exposed to a lot of old people in my life. Yeah. All right. Well, I think my, uh, I, I, I think I'm with you. I think if there's a purpose, I don't think I would go recreationally swimming if I could see corpses floating. But if out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Next time you go to the, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to remember this next time I go to the beach. Out of, out of sight, <laughs> out of mind. I'll pop up. I'll spit out like a, one of those little fountains, like they do it, like they do in the, like the pool musicals. Oh yeah, from the fifties and shit. Yeah, it'll just be, there'll be there'll be a bunch of corpses floating in a star around me. I'll pop out of the center and I'll spit a little fountain out. Have some sparklers in the background for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else is often in the background for no reason? The music of Rick Reynolds. Oh man, if yeah, I'm, Rick, um, very much yeah, alive. If I've, very much. If I've done my job right, that music's playing right now. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Right? We'll see. Yeah. Rick, Rick, again, thanks for letting us use your music on this fun podcast. So big thanks to Rick Reynolds for letting us use his song United from the album Portals in Progress, available on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. That's where we are. We're also Rick Your Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and TikTok. So make sure you're following us on all of those platforms. Yep. And we also have an email set up at Gmail, wreckyourpod at gmail.com, where you can send us your questions, inquiries, suggestions, feedback, criticism? Don't don't do that. Don't. None none of that. that. But cheese speculation? Yeah, if you've got a, if you know what the next new hot cheese is that's going to blow up, uh, if you find out that a Wall Street firm has shorted Parmigiano Reggiano, you let (laughs) us know. We are going to buy and diamond hands the shit out of that until the Tendy Man takes us to the moon. Uh, Nice. I feel like it's a whole, talking to Reddit, yeah, meme stocks, my friend. That's a whole other Reddit. Yeah, that's a whole other Reddit. (laughs) Yeah. I think if we could end on speculated cheese, we would have done the job again. <laughs> so if in the next week you find yourself speculatively looking at some information about Parmigiano Reggiano trade prices and you don't have time to wait until our next cheese economics related podcast, we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart.